Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. This is Byron O'Neill, media editor for Comic Book Yeti, and today I'm sitting down with comics writer Zach Kaplan again, because Zach has been very busy in 2022, to talk about his new sci-fi time-leaping leaping, 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 thriller forever forward from Scout Comics. Good to have you back on the show, Zach. Hey, thanks for having me, Byron. Yeah, so let's dive right into Forever Forward. What's the basic storyline about? Yeah, it's a time travel adventure story, but only forward in time. Uh, and the basic uh, premise is a, uh, a, a scientist uh, accidentally launches himself and his friends forward uh, 33 years in time, and they find a message from their future selves that says the only way to go back home is to keep traveling forward again and again. And so they go on this, you know, mythic odyssey to try to get home through the varying uh, crazy futures that lay before us. Everything from climate catastrophes to Russian invasion of California to fascist robots taking over and some other uh, crazy twists and turns. And uh, yeah, just kind of looking at how optimistic I am about our future. <laughs> which which feels very not optimistic after reading issue no, one, I got to no. say. <laughs> well, I got to admit that traditionally, and this is going to sound terrible, right? You know, like time travel stories just make me want to puke, but not not at all with this. I really enjoyed it. Um, probably because the, the pacing kind of feels really unique. And the time travel itself is is more like a vehicle to, you know, play with these big philosophical concepts you, you alluded to. You know, and, and develop those characters, you know, over things that like, okay, what will the, the future flashing forward like specifically look like, you know, technological, blah, blah, blah. So what was the genesis um, to kind of use time travel in the story? Why did you want to do it? It was kind of a combination. I mean, on the one hand, I feel like, yeah, I also, I like time travel stories, but we've seen a lot of time travel stories back into time, back to you know, how many different TV shows or episodes have tackled back to the dinosaur ages and how will we get back home? Or, you know, uh, Wild West is always a stomping ground or pirates. We always go back. And I was just curious. I'm really curious about what our future looks like. And, and we always kind of label the future as one destination. Like we're, the future is just this unknown single origin destination that we don't really know what it's going to be. And I, I think that it's a spectrum and there's lots of rises and falls and different layers to what the future could hold. And I, I'm just very interested by it. And so it just came kind of me wanting to game out kind of what I thought could happen and, and, and 
and explore uh, just how far things might go in the future and, and where we could end up. And I think more so thematically, uh, I think as a, as a kid and a young man, I felt uh, like the future is going to be wonderful. Like every we we're on our way. If we've got problems right now, we're going to work them out. And by the time I'm, you know, in my old age, it's going to be fantastic. And I don't think that anymore. I don't know that. I mean, if you're out there and you're listening and you think that, by all means, tell me, uh, tell me your thoughts. I want to believe that, but uh, I can't help in recent years feel like maybe this could be as good as it gets. Maybe things could get bad and um, maybe they won't always be bad. Maybe they'll get good again and maybe they'll get bad again. But that idealism that I have has been replaced with kind of a a skepticism about the future. And so all that kind of combined to to say, well, what about a really uh, not just thought-provoking time travel story forward but uh, an adventure story, you know, an adventure story going from one future to the next, kind of out of the frying pan into the fire. And uh, I, I, I think of uh, um, uh, like Black Science is one of my, yep. my favorite kind of sci-fi adventures. Paper Girls is obviously, you know, about to be a TV show. And that's a, a, a kind of a time jumping, but it's a sci-fi adventure kind of. Um, and so, yeah, it was kind of in the vein of that spirit that I thought, this was a good a good sandbox to play in. Yeah, there's a there's like the full circle, you know, past is the present, present is the future thing going on. Like as as a Cold War kid myself, you know, I can't escape the the Red Dawn, right? The, the yes. Russian invasion element, you know, which which definitely seemed like a, a metaphor. Like you can't kind of escape the past; it's just going to creep back up. Um, but, but you, you didn't go all like hoverboards back to the future kind of stuff, which I enjoyed because it was really grounding, you know, it felt familiar in that way. Um, and you know, why did, why did you kind of avoid technology there at the beginning, you know, and choose more of an imminent danger of an invasion and and not aliens, but here's the Russians again, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the heroes, uh, when we first meet the, the scientist, Lewis Moody, He's working on time travel only forward, and he's managed to crack the recipe to be able to send like a, a mouse 0.33 milliseconds. Like, you know, it's a very nominal thing, but they end up sending themselves accidentally 33 years into the future. And that's the interval. And so it was really me just kind of thinking about where things might be in 33 years. Uh, I didn't foresee. Uh, climate change being uh, so insanely dramatic at the, in just 30 years and and something that feels far more palpable, palpable is uh, kind of that next world war and that global threat of superpowers finally clashing. And so it doesn't take much imagination to look around the globe and say, who might uh, the United States skirmish with and and um, and kind of play out that thing? I mean, I also remember reading something about um, about uh, Russian tensions in uh, in the Arctic with the United States. And so, there's, I mean, this is obviously something that that is grounded. And I think that's one of my. I mean, people who have read my science fiction other stories, I like to take something like this, but try to make it feel grounded and authentic, like it could happen. Uh, even though it is sci-fi, it's 
sci-fi, but uh, not too not too outlandish, you know, not too fantasy. And so that felt like a good first stop um, to to hit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lewis was a, a really interesting main character. He's you know he's very driven in general. To me, he was even a little bit you know kind of unlikable at this point. Although I'm guessing you know more will be revealed later on, and I'll develop you know the sympathy for him. But you know, there's just enough background for the buy-in, and then you might as well have a big sign that says "Let's go" because like yeah. the book really drives fast. You know, it t- yeah, yeah, the lives whole up book to its is, title. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's a fast book. Uh, I mean, it's a five-issue miniseries, and we 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 tear through some futures in a fun way. Um, yeah, Lewis Moody is a flawed character, and he's meant to be flawed. He's meant to be complex, and I think he's meant to be this kind of dark side of all of us that where we put our hopes on the future and we make, we kind of um, neglect the things in our lives that are important. We neglect our presence. Sometimes we neglect people that we care about. We put that big project first. We put that big opportunity first. We put that big, anything first that we think is going to make our future better. And then in the future, when our future is better, then we can relax and be happy and and spend quality time with our loved ones and be a better human being. But that's obviously, you know, not uh, correct thinking. You know, like you'll always be chasing that better future. And if you just keep hoping that the future will one day solve all your problems, it's not going to. And so, yeah, he's a very flawed character. He's sent on this quest, not just with his friends, but with a love interest, uh, a, a love interest that... Um, has been kind of, uh, you know, like a pair there, you know, uh, her name is Natalie and they've been, they've been waiting for that thing to happen. It's timing. It's never worked out. And then he's become obsessed with his research and with his work. And, um, you know, this is obviously not about two people who don't care about each other, but it's about you know, staring you right in the face, but not not putting yourself or your or your loved ones or that opportunity as a priority, and I think we've all kind of done that, not per se on 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 a romance, but at some degree we've all got swept up in this idea that if I make a sacrifice in my present for a better future, then my future will be better. So yeah, it it, it was meant to look at a character that was flawed in that way, so that I could kind of have that exploration of of what it means to be living in the present and, you know, working for the future. Yeah. So is it, is it going to be more about Lewis? Like, is he the focus or more about the the team kind of thing? It is. uh, The team is along for the adventure, but it is more about Lewis and it is definitely about his, uh, his, his journey and and what he learns on all of this to either um, a positive or negative outcome. Um, so yeah, I, I, he is the central character. The, the secondary characters all have um, journeys and something that they learn from as well. So I'm definitely trying to balance, um, you know, not having the secondary characters be two dimensional, you know, and have them be three dimensional and have them have have part of this thematic question as well. Um, but yeah, he is the he is the um, the flawed protagonist at the center of it all for sure. Okay. And it, I got to ask, so we're jumping yeah. 33 years at an interval. Is he like 33? Was 33 like the year you decided that we're all doomed or like, you know, how did that, how did 33 come out? Oh, well, why did I pick the number 33 to jump yeah. 33 years? I don't know. It just felt like a okay. good time travel number. Uh, I want, you know, like 
I wanted to jump a generation, you know, the, the characters stay the same age. I mean, I think their whole it's odyssey is a few days or a, a week or two because they just keep jumping from time to time. They're not aging when they jump. They're, you know, remaining the same age, but they're jumping to 2055 to 2088 to 2121 to 2154. And I liked the 33 interval because 10 or 15 years, I didn't think you'd see enough variation in, in the time periods. And 60, 80, 100 years felt like you would see too much. I wanted this story to have an organic thread throughout the, the time jumping so that when you jump, you could see the ramifications of um, the last situation. You can go, oh, we were just here and something was going on and we jumped. And now we can see the ramifications of what happened 33 years ago, although society is evolving in a different way. And now here we jump again and there's another variation to the future. So there's a story to the future as well about how, how it goes. And I think each time is looking at a different question about, would we want this for our future? Would we want this for our future? You know, how do we feel about robots in charge? How do we feel about this or that? But it's, it's meant to all be, uh, again, kind of an exploration of how we as a society choose to, to have our values and where we choose to, um, but do we live for the future? Do we live for the present? These kinds of questions. Yeah, and the the team Lewis kind of get obsessed with that that sign, right? The only way back is forward, you know, which caused this little message, you know, kind of to to ringtone off in my head, you yeah. know, in the the uncertain times we've all been living in, where things the past few years few years feel completely untethered, like for so many of us, people are seeking that that reinforcement of these comfortable narratives to prop up their own worldviews. You know, sci-fi seems to be your comfort zone to address like an age old concept here, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, I love science fiction as a reflection of what we're going through as a society, both on a specific and a general level. And I think that, yeah, very much now we find ourselves in a state of flux and, uh, yeah, there are some people that are, are looking only forward and, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. The different viewpoints about where our society should head right now, um, even beyond political standpoints, just in terms of technology, globalization, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uncertainty and and it's it's interesting. But yeah, um, I, I like to uh, definitely find these sci-fi kind of conceits that allow us to explore that stuff for sure. Yeah, I mean, from the jump, page one, you get the propaganda, cleaner, brighter, better world tomorrow, right? Yeah. It's where they're, you know, so I feel like, you know, the sci-fi that you're doing it can get a little depressing at times. I mean, like, you know, or is this just cathartic in a way? <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping, I hope I don't depress anybody too much. I think that, you know, um, I myself, you know, it's interesting, like as a creator, when you start out, you don't know what your voice is. You're just writing what interests you, you know, and that's very true of myself. I'm just writing what interests me. But as I then look back on it, I realized that a lot of my stories have this, despite the dramatic conceptual differences and hooks, they all have this kind of same 
story about a world turned upside down and about a character at the center of it that is trying to make heads or tails of it and trying to decide how they should live in that moment in the present and what should their values be today. And I think whether that's Port of Earth or Metal Society or Join the Future or any of my sci-fi stories, they're all about these worlds where science, technology, futurism, something has changed the game on us and we're left adrift trying to figure it out. And I think that's just me responding to, to life and, and, and um, I don't have the answer, but I think that each character story offers a different possibility for how we could cope. And I think Forever Forward offers a possibility by the end of it about, yes, the future may not just be bright. It may go, it may get awful. It may get bright again. It may get awful again. And um, perhaps this character's story and his journey might give us some optimistic view about how we should live our own lives. Hopefully that, you know, that there's a a bitter sweetness to it that mixed in tragedy, there is optimism too. So my hope, read it. Oh, I don't know. You're not a total cynic. I don't get that at all. You know? Yeah. I'm hopeful, but I am not blindly optimistic about some of the, the existential challenges that our, our world faces. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also a function of maturity, right? You hit you hit that the, the middle age, and you know, I thought I'd be here, and this is the reality, right? Yeah, 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 very much. So, um, yeah, but I th- I hope that uh, people will check this out, and maybe beyond the cynicism, they'll enjoy the ride, and and maybe it'll provoke. You know, uh, um, that's one of my favorite things is to write something that provokes people to think about their own futures. And maybe someone goes, oh, wow, you know, like, here I, I have, actually, I thought that the future was going to keep getting better and better, but now this book makes me think I'm not so sure. And how does that inform the way I feel about my present? How do I, how do, I do things differently? You know, um, I mean, mindset is tackling our role, our relationship with technology. Forever Forward is tackling our relationship with our psychological relationship with the future. So, yeah, I like to, I like to pose those questions. Well, I want to kind of lay a blueprint for what people can expect visually. I, I should have checked before. I'm going to butcher her name, right? So oh, is it? It's, uh, the, 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 it's a male artist named Arjuna Susini, okay. and uh, Arjuna, he's um, an Italian artist. He worked on uh, Heist, uh, Vault's book, Heist or How to Steal a Planet. He's worked on Mad Men as well. And then the colors are Brad Simpson, and letters are uh, Jim Campbell. Yeah, the the artwork has a very 80s throwback vibe to me. You know, I could see it in the pocket of the Sandman or right. like the old John Constantine. Um, it would pair pair really well with like a horror story. So, yeah. you know, what were you looking for with the artwork? Yeah, uh, I mean, the thing that I liked about Arjuna's work is uh, he's super detailed and he really likes to get playful and inventive and take some risks with the the layouts. Um, we played a lot with trying to use horizontal layouts to kind of give the sense of time and the sense of like never ending time. And I'm a big fan of doing big splash pages, with lots of detail. And he, I had seen his work in heist and he just loved detail, loved world building. Obviously we're building one time period after another with all sorts of different variations and telling a story with this futuristic journey. So 
he was really perfect for all of that. And he, you know, he does bring a bit of a, there is a bit of a almost romanticism, like you talking about this kind of um, rooted in kind of, kind of a horn, a classic kind of um, vibe at points and some of the, the small artistic choices he makes, which is really interesting because there's also this kind of mad scientist undertone to this kind of story in terms of the scientist, even though modern sets off this, this journey. So yeah, I thought it was all, it was all a really, it all kind of came together in a really, in a really beautiful way for this story. Brad Simpson, I've worked with on join the future. I mean, he's done uh, lots of amazing things. He works on stray dogs. He works on, um, uh, Ibrahim's books over at uh, Humanoids, like uh, Retroactive and Account, and um, he 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 just is really good with um, those detailed palettes. And also, we 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 talked about kind of showing how the palette changes as we go through time, and how how do colors kind of um, you know alter in, in a positive or negative way depending on what time period we're in. Brad was just you know just been brilliant at, at bringing those different palettes to it. So yeah, it's, sometimes it's bright. It's, sometimes it's stark. Sometimes it feels modern. It's, sometimes it feels throwback. And uh, I think all of that kind of blends nicely into this, this time travel story. So you're bringing some things from the past and some things from the future. Um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun to develop the, the aesthetic of the book with them. They're yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely... Totally to compliment you is is absolutely one of the first things I think about, you know, when people's like, what is a Kaplan story? And the conceptualization with page layouts and crafting the pace of the book is really top notch, man. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of double page spreads in this one. The the gutter spaces are, are really limited, which makes it visually kind of dense, but it's not like uber richly detailed either. So, you know, how collaborative was that um or do you come in with like okay here's kind of what i want and then they do their magic or it's i like it's a both it's you okay. know i i've i've entered a kind of phase in my um journey as a creator over the past year where i'm really excited to try to play and try new things and take risks whether they work or not and so I, in addition to to putting that into the scripting um you know i do lots of zooms and interactions with my with the creators, with Arjuna and Brad, and I like to have conversations about this and 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 trade ideas and 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 yeah, you know, get into the layout phase and talk about ways to to enhance the the feeling of a page or the emotionality of a page, and um, just try to push push ourselves to to make a, a better comic. So yeah, it's a very it's very collaborative, and and everyone's bringing different different ideas and you know, um, trying new things and trying to, um, yeah, um, enhance the story. Like for example, there's, um, a page in here. I think it's been in the previews. Um, cause it opens with this, it opens on a splash page and then there's a, a couple of, um, double page spreads where the panels are, are very horizontal and, and you kind of get lost in the, 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 these many panels. And um, you see the exciting moment where we've jumped forward in time and you see what they're up against. And then you, you meet uh, Lewis at the university and, and you hear a little bit about where his research is at. And then he comes out of the building and he goes on a walk and it's just, just double page spread. It's just kind of just this, the, this beautiful collegiate campus and it's raining and there's 
pink, pretty city lights in the distance. And this is meant to just feel very peaceful and natural, you know, and like appreciate the present, you know, like, so we put a lot of like thought into like when we're busy and when we slow down and when we get big and when the colors are gentle and when the colors are bombastic and, and, you know, try to, try to elevate the, the experience as much as we can. So hopefully all some of that comes across, but yeah, we definitely like to, um, I mean, I, I definitely start, start the project off and kind of set that, that goal of like, Hey, let's play, let's collaborate. Give me your ideas. I'm going to give you my ideas. Let's all talk about it and let's try to make something special. Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy that element of what you do, um, especially with this. There was a lot of expansion and contraction, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely cues you uh, of kind of even emotionally the moments and everything. It, it's well-paced. Nice job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, you've been a, a super busy fellow in, in 2022, Forever Forward, Metal Society, Mindset, Breakout. Um I, I don't know how you have time to fit all this stuff in, man. Um, I know they take years to develop, right? But um, it's been a very busy year. You don't have anything else dropping this year, right? I, I, no, I don't have anything else dropping in terms of releasing this year. I, we might see an announcement by the end of the year, but nothing, nothing, um, uh, nothing to release. So these are the four books uh, that I have for 2022, and I'll just be uh, enjoying uh, finishing them up and, and putting them out. Yeah. But you ready for a break? <laughs> uh, I'm ready for a break, but I'm also really thirsty to, to uh, keep making great comics, and and I'm, I'm I'm you know being fortunate enough to be given some more opportunities to do so. So uh, while I am ready for a break and I could use a break, I'm also seizing on the opportunity to line up more comics for next year. So um, I, I probably am, I'm taking micro breaks here and there. You know. Um, um, I'm trying to live in the moment, trying to be present uh, in small ways, uh, spend time with my family and, 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 you know, appreciate things and not, not go too crazy. But um, yeah. Well, you, a, I don't think anybody would say SDCC is a break. So, you New know, you... Comic-Con, no, that's not, uh, not a break. And I think August is the, you know, I've got three book, um, um, They've all, all of them are dropping new issues in like a month period. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lot, but, um, it's, uh, I'm passionate about all these stories and I'm really excited to continue to share them with readers and I'm proud of all of them. And, um, you know, they really couldn't be a better feeling than making stuff that you're excited about and then sharing it with the world. So it is a lot of work and there's a lot of, um, you know, um, logistics and stuff like that. And, and, you know, production deadlines and getting to writing and not being distracted. But um, yeah, I'm having a great time. Yeah. That, uh, that SDCC uh, con exclusive cover with the statue of Liberty was, was so beautiful. good. John, yep. John Jane, uh, Jane, and uh, he does like Marvel and DC uh, covers. Look, if you, if you guys aren't familiar with John's work, in addition, I think he also does like visual concept design for like Disney Hasbro, all sorts of big um, creative outlets He's just a wizard, and, and we were so excited to have him uh, come on and do that. It's really a really cool exclusive cover. We only had it at San Diego, uh, but if you missed it, um, Scout Comics might have a, a few opportunities to pick one up at, at Whatnots or whatever. If you come to a convention, you see me, I might have one at the table. But yeah, um, that was um, the San Diego exclusive. It's very cool. We have a uh, we got really lucky. I'll, if I can take a moment, uh, we had it. some gorgeous. Uh, 
covers on Forever Four, the A covers by Jacob Phillips, who does that Texas Blood and Newburn. He does not miss. He's an assassin when it comes to covers. Just, just you know, one after another. Uh, so many good ones. We got Stefano Simone, who's doing a, a new Black Hammer series with Jeff Lemire. Um, I think his last days of Black Hammer, I want to say. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, uh, Janoy Lindsay uh, is the artist uh, who won that DC round robin with um, uh, Kenny Porter, uh, their Superboy uh, one. He did a cover for us. We've got covers by I- Ivan Tao and Alan Kwa. So really some cool stuff up there and, and a bunch more um, for issue two through I- issue five. We got a lot of great covers from, from great artists. I'm excited to, to reveal to people. So yeah, very excited about covers and just creating this experience so that people can dive in to Forever Forward and kind of um, have, have a fun time travel adventure and maybe get a little heady about, about where we are. Yeah, I, I'll take the the moment to remind everybody to to go ahead and call you know your local comic shop and and reserve if you like the special covers we're talking about this. Yeah, make sure to reserve the one you want because I've been caught off guard myself thinking I could go snag something and found out you know they're already gone. So yeah, and and it comes out August twenty fourth. There are a couple ways for shops to still order it at this point, even though we've passed the final order. I think that sometimes shops can either reorder. Or Scout might offer some opportunity for shops to direct order. Long story short, if you're out there and you're like, oh, I didn't pre-order it, uh, don't assume your shop will have it. Um, you know, it's, um, it's very possible that they have a few issues on the shelf and that those go and that people pulled it. So if you're, if you're a fan of my work and you want to check out Forever Forward, definitely reach out to your shop and say, hey, make sure I get one. And definitely look at the covers online and, and tell them which one you want for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So remind everybody where they can find you online. Uh, I'm at Zach Caps uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I've got a website, ZachKaplan.com. I got a Substack newsletter called Technobabble, which you can Google and find. And I, I try to send out weekly updates with a little more uh, um, you know, inside scoop as to what I'm working on uh, that week or what's coming out rather than just a trying to catch all my random uh, social media posts. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drop a, a, some, that's, that's been a, a really uh, kind of, I've been getting a little more like uh, personal and kind of sharing some like, you know, um, what, what I'm thinking or feeling any week to week uh, about things. So that's, uh, so yeah, Zach Caps, Technobabble, or, uh, or find me online. Tell me, tell me uh, what you think of the books and say hi. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, for what it's worth, if anybody cares about my opinion, right? So last time I confided in, in Zach, you know, after the interview is done, that sci-fi isn't a genre that I'm honestly not all that interested in. But I hope you give this and his other work a try, because if you haven't, super talented writer, and you need not love sci-fi to enjoy it. So, Thank you, Byron. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Zach, you'll have to forgive my football loving ways too, but you're the first hat trick guest on the show. And I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're super busy to chat about another of your projects. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, this is Byron O'Neill on behalf of all of us at Comic Book Eddie. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening.
If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now